He then exited through the opening, leaving Zeth horrified. This was his nightmare. To be in the hands of those who understood his capabilities, and who had the ambition to use them properly. He stood for a time, silent, long past when his stormlight ran out. He then reverently... He folded the list. He was surprised that his hands were so steady. He should be trembling. For soon, the world itself would shake. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book One, The Way of Kings. Spoiler warning for um, uh, the interludes I-4, I-5, and I-6. If uh, you haven't read that far in the novel yet, uh, do not continue because this will spoil some stuff for you. Um, And if you skipped an episode, then uh, we'll be right here waiting for you. Uh, Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And, you know, I have with me today the OG Spren head. None of this Axies the Collector stuff. With me today is Jaxies the Collector. What's up, dude? I am. I, I think I have a new name officially as of this uh, episode because, of course, we're covering the interludes on this on today's episode of StormPod. And I got to meet uh, a character named Axies, yes. who I have a lot in common with. You do? Since the beginning, since the beginning of this whole... Uh, experience reading this novel, I have been infatuated with the Spren uh, created by Brandon Sanderson, and I get to meet a character finally that shares my exuberance. Although he seems a bit strange, and I've got a lot of questions about him, yeah, but Axie's the collector. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm bonding. I think that's that's my new that's my new nickname. It's Ax it's Axel. Ax- um, <laughs> Axel. Yeah. <laughs> Axes. Are you gonna like? Are you gonna go it's like? You know, I really think that uh, the Thalen rack. Merchant meant it. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's my new handle. My new handle is that's it. Uh, is Axies Axie Axies the the collector? I yeah, I think that's that's my new name. Yeah, he's um, me, he's great. Um, I've been waiting for a while for us to get to this part because as soon as you started talking, and you were, you even do you even came up with a name for people who are into Sprens called a Sprenhead. Like Spren you came heads, up with yeah. something that like so you yeah. actually named it too. Um, yeah. So like I'm a Sprenhead. I love the Spren. I love imagining them. And of course, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, in this part of the interludes, if Axie's the the collector, which we will cover shortly, right. Uh, amazing Spren revelations. I'm like my mind was alone. It's, I know. It may, it's just fantastic. I've been waiting. So I've been waiting for like very months. very cool. I've been waiting for this, months to get here, dude. Like it's it's yeah. great. Yeah, it's so so cool. Well, this th- these interludes. So Risen, Axes, and Zeth. Yeah, they're uh, the interludes. I four, I five, and I six. Yes, and I noted. Right at the beginning of Risen on page 553, um, 
for my uh, paperback version of this. Um, there is a new symbol. Oh. Yes, you're right. Um, so I don't really know what this art uh, means. Um, it is um, it a bunch like of dots four... connected by lines with um, a kind of a bow tie pattern in the background with spear tips jutting out from the sides or something. Spear tips jutting out. It sort of uh, sort of uh, mimics the relief work on this chapter page that ha- that depicts the double pupiled eye in the center, mm-hmm. and then has these cross sections crossing it. These kind of like these four intersecting double-edged spears it looks like right so it's a it's a very interesting and again there are there are are 10 spheres represented so kind of curious about that right off the bat didn't know if you had any thoughts or if it was a dunny moment but there is um no there i mean there's some stuff that i you know i can't there's a. it might be a where's dunny moment for sure um but uh, (laughs) where's dunny who said it's not really that important right now because there will be stuff later. So it's not one oh, of those. Okay. It's not like a mystery. I can't. It's not like something I can't tell you about. But there's no point in talking mm. about it now. So not a major spoiler. Well, so. okay, not a major spoiler. So no. So risen female mm-hmm. steps off the lead caravan wagon. Um, she's the grass uh, with a group won't of merchants, move. right? Yeah, she's with a group of merchants. The grass won't move. Says, right, Vistim. Would you say that's the name? Vistim. Um, yeah, uh, Vistim. 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 Yeah, Vistim. So it doesn't behave as elsewhere. So they're in Shinovar, correct? Right. During this, okay. So I've mm-hmm. got, so I've got Vistim. Uh, he's male, older, white eyebrows. He's Thalen. In fact. So is Risen. Right. They're Thalen. They are Thalen. Mm-hmm. And we discussed earlier the Thalens having brought two of our other characters along their yes. paths. Mm-hmm. One, uh, uh, one sailor and one uh, slaver. Carl. Mm-hmm. Carl? Oh, sorry, Kaladin. Sorry, <laughs> right. Kaladin. Yeah. Carl, sorry. <laughs> There's uh, one we'll, of our buddies. We'll get to that. Uh, Mike We're jumping is... ahead. We're jumping ahead. Yeah, we are jumping ahead a little bit, but <laughs> we have a we have a buddy who um, is reading along, and uh, we talked last night about... Jack sent uh, something about Zeth. He wrote the word Zeth in a text message, and uh, our buddy Mike, this guy, um, was like, oh, I didn't realize who you were talking about, because when I read these fantasy names, I always just kind of like mix them up in my head to make them more sound like just modern names, and he told us that he... <laughs> um, that when he reads Kaladin, it's just Carl. Yeah, not even not even Cal, but Carl can't, with a C. Yeah, Carl. It's just Carl hey, with Carl. a C. Hey, there's a great character named Carl in a fantastic movie called Sneakers. And that character, yes. Carl, was played by River Phoenix. And uh, that's one of your best favorites. actor. Yeah. Uh, okay, so back to back to this. So so this grass is not behaving the same way uh, on Shinovar. It's not retreating. Um and she seems very interested in the fact that this that the surface of the ground is springy. I like that. And then I think that uh, the stim is saying it's called soil. Um, 
And I think the comments were like, how, how, how can the Shin stand living here? Right. They, um, <laughs> I have it in my info dump a little later, but, um, yeah. the, uh, the grass is, um, it's not acting like it would in Alethkar or in Thalenol, no. where they're from. Um, and the reason they say is because it, the, it fears um, the storm. Yeah. The mist. Yeah. The, uh, it, the high storms get broken up by the mountains here in Shinovar. Right. And so all of Shinovar gets to evolve without the threat of the high storm. Correct. Which is you actually, crazy. well, without these violent storms, uh, not only from wind and rain, basically would wash away any potential yeah. soil. Here it collects, and you actually can, you know, grow things, grow more. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, the concept of Babsk. Yeah, Babsk is like um, I think, I th- I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it because she's the apprentice. He's her Babsk. Correct. It's like um, that's right. It's like, um, that's it. A term of endearment to someone who is teaching you. I think something like that. And it said that Risen has a green glove on her left hand again, uh, sort mm-hmm. of adopting what was referred to as Voren cultural dominance. So her right. safe hand is covered. Um, right, she, but she doesn't really believe in Vorenism. She's just dressing no. like it because it's what people expect of her. That's right. So she's, um, let's see now. They set up a Fabio. They do. A Fabio. Yeah. No, yeah. She, no, she's been with him for five months apprenticing. Uh, so he's been her Babsk for, for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he is technically her father legally until she becomes a merchant on her own. Right. So I found that to be a really neat little concept of world building. And yeah, they bring out a Fabio, a large Heliodor, pale yellow gemstone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fixed inside gr- this frame, metal framework. Yeah. And it. Um, she it's thinks cool. herself that it doesn't glow as brightly as one would think of such a big gem. Mm-hmm. It's got like this dull glow. And we find out why later, right? Um, what this thing is, is a. Um, it's an alarm spell. Um, it's an alarm gadget where they put it and then it gives them a warning if anybody approaches. Because when someone finally mm-hmm. does approach, the, the gemstone gets to glow brighter. Which is why right. it's faintly glowing whenever it's set up, but when it's in use, right. it'll it'll glow brighter. I think this is really cool. This is totally D and D, bro. Like this is it's, to- it's totally D and D. Yeah. Um, the, I like this the white the white peaks of the misted mountains, um, uh, and these these misted mountains. Of course, as you mentioned earlier, they that the high storms don't reign supreme over Shinovar. Mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. That the the kind of the weight or the threat of these high storms doesn't just doesn't leave the same kind of uh, sense of of dread or um, I would um, or you know causing all this damage and this sort of thing. It, like, I, it doesn't appear to be as much of a thing out here the, uh, for the, the people thi- living right living here. The thing I would say about it is that the um, uh, flora and fauna seem to have evolved differently without the high storms, um, like involvement or, or havoc being wreaked upon the land. So I wonder what it would do to the people being like living here and their evolution without the high storms. Um, mm. I would think that maybe that is kind of like a, a hint that they're that these Shin are going to be different people than what we're used to seeing in this Voren religion, right? This Voranism is like Yakaved. Uh, Thalenol uh, and Alethkar, these three major nations all have the same sort of culture, even though they're varying a little bit. 
they all kind of believe in this like this uh, cultural religion or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But the Shin people are completely different, so much so that their land evolved in a completely different way. So it's mm-hmm. you know giving us a hint that maybe they're they're going to be culturally a little different as well. Right. Well, stands to reason. Like mm-hmm. the geography is the geography is playing a huge role in this in this um, in this series. Um, series. Yeah, so far. Well, we're only on book one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just I'm such a noob. Um, so I'm really liking I'm really liking that the misted mountains, um, mm-hmm. not not reigning supreme with the high storm element here in Shinovar. Um, the leaves uh, they they they're not they don't withdraw in the wind and they don't mm-hmm. um, you know fall off or, or or this sort of thing and, they're, and they're, I, I I can actually dump a a fancy word myself onto this uh, topic of conversation Ooh. being a, a plant. Uh, uh, bit of a plant guy myself yeah um, and that is that the leaves are maricent mm, nice maricent maricent was a fancy word that uh took taken in uh in horticulture um regarding leaves that stay um on the stems they don't fall during the regular season so you might see these trees one of the most common ones that you'll see in 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 canada anyway is um the pyramidal english oak and the leaves will turn brown, but they won't fall off. Right. I think we have one so, across, like right here, actually. Right. They're, you're, you'll, you'll, you'll see them, and they grow kind of columnar. And the, the fancy word that describes that for a leaf that just hangs on, it just it dries out, but it won't. It just doesn't want to fall off despite the wind or the or the, or the storm that comes. It just yeah. it hangs on, and that's called mar- maricent. Maricent. Could you use that word to describe stubborn? Because the leaf, um, the leaf sounds like it's being stubborn. You know what I mean? Like that's right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would use that and have used the word Marison, meaning that. But that's cool. I like that. It's I've never encountered the word other than in horticulture, so I can't say uh, that it would apply anywhere else. But uh, Brandon, perhaps I've just given you a new word that you can drop in one of your new books. Well, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I think I always thought that this would be one of the parts of this the series that you would enjoy the most is, is the fauna um, uh, or is the flora aspect of it because of the, your yeah. background in horticulture yeah. and and just like your knowledge of plants and 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 everything. So I'm I'm glad that uh, you should throw that shit out more often. That's pretty fun. No, I'm su- I'm super keen. This is uh, it's great here though. I have to say, being a spreadhead, mm-hmm. being the spreadhead, yeah. Number one spread head. Uh, yeah. Uh, there are no spread. No, that's right. As if the as if the land was slow of wit. Yeah. As described. Mm-hmm. Isn't so that I funny? Liked, I liked that. Slow of wit. No spread. Hmm. Hmm. Um, is that... Wait, are you hinting? Are you... There's not... No, pausing? I just... I just went, hmm. That's it. I didn't... I didn't, there was no, uh, <laughs> I didn't like uh, bat my eyebrows at you or anything like that. I was just, hmm. I thought you were giving me the, hmm, nope. Jack, there's nope. something no. there, but you don't know nope. what it is. No, uh, no, no, there's, it's, I uh, know more no than you. Okay. Um, um, Kil- so men so, start approaching, right? Yeah. So, so, so Kilrim, the head of the guards, uh, uh, comes near, bows ready. He's got six men. There's a group of horsemen approaching. Shin riders. 
um, multicolored cloaks, colorful capes. One in particular um, is uh, particularly multicolored. Um, the fellows in brown are guards. The, and the, the, the guards amongst the Shin were considered the lowliest of men. Is that right? Like slaves? Yeah. Yeah. So the... They're, uh, and that's this, we're, we're we're getting an idea of what we just talked about, right? Like how their um, mm-hmm. their culture is different, right? Uh, the lead man, the guy who looks like he might be the light eyes, is a farmer. He he's a farmer, yeah. And the farmers are seen as the most important, just kind of like light eyes. And the soldiers are the no- lowliest. Yes, and I and I've got here as well that the farms are considered holy places, right? Like the farm, how cool like is the that? fertile. How cool is that? Yeah, I really, I really think that's a that's a wonderful idea. One of the um, things I like f- here is uh, when the farmer and the Vistum start to uh, talk to each other. They talk to each other in each other's languages. So, um, like, there's like a respect thing here where Vistum is speaking in Shin, and um, the farmer uh, Thresh, I think, is his name. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. He's speaking to Vistum in Vistum's language, is Thalenol. So. I like this interplay between them because there's um there's like a you find out from Vistum later that you know you you treat with these people honestly and um you'll get great good rewards from them and um so there's a little bit of a politeness here that I don't think you would get if there was an uh an Alethi, right? Alethi are all right beat my chest and um and these people are like kind of bowing to each other's um nicety and no one bows to an Alethi or, or like no Alethi ever would bow kind of thing is like the macho <laughs> Um, Aleth Carway, right? So I like this um, right. this interplay between these two. Ever flung a whodunit across the room on the grounds of incompetent sleuthing? Ian Pierce hasn't, because he's never read a whodunit in his life. He still boasts that he could solve one, though. Listen and learn as this self-appointed crime guru attempts to guide a private investigator to the truth in an original murder mystery written by Tom Knight. Welcome to The Directed Detective. Yeah, it, it is it is cool. Foreigners aren't allowed near the fields or farming villages. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like this little exchange, but Risen kind of acts a bit like the I don't know, like a little bit precious. She's like she's concerned about the soil, and she's yeah. she, she's bothered because it might ruin the hem on her dress or her attire. Right. Right. So, so I find I find that amusing that she's you know she's concerned about. Oh goodness gracious, my hem, please, <laughs> my hem. You you mental babsk, you dragging me out here with this oh, soil. You bask me up. <laughs> um, um. So yeah, they wins- do an exchange here. Oh, okay. So yeah, sorry. Well, the yeah they 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 do an exchange. I might be jumping ahead because. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Jump this could, if you this need could to. this could be at the end here, where he's um, saying, "The winds of fortune guide you, my friend. He who adds is happy for your safe arrival." Is that? Am, am I jumping ahead? I think that might be when they say goodbye. Hmm. 
could be. What did you like the most about this about this exchange? Um, between these two guys, I like uh, I kind of like how they like what they're interested in, right? Like, um, uh, the Shin are interested in uh, like they get uh, soul cast metal. It's like worthless to them. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Uh, the Thalans have a soul caster, and they turn garbage into metal. Oh yeah, and that's... the uh, the Shin are like it's priceless to them, right? Mm-hmm. And it might be because they don't, um, like, they don't actually mine for metal. Mm-hmm. I really like. Well, this. they're both. Uh, it's it's a it's a really strange exchange, and and that then this is the comment from Risen, and she's like, "This is the weirdest interaction ever. You're both right se- selling each other effectively garbage that is worthless to the person. So to the seller, yeah, it's complete. It's a worthless commodity." However, yeah, because the shins like why well, I don't know why you other, want these silly chickens, but right, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know, yeah, I, I don't know why you want these chickens, why they're so valued, you know, those are you know that's an eighteen thousand dollar chicken walking around, right, um, and you know why, right? It's because <laughs> yeah, exactly. the shin because they don't have high storms, because they don't have high storms, they can raise chickens, right? They can have they can have uh, you know uh, crops and uh, yeah. and flocks, yeah. Yeah, I know it's crazy. It's a it's a really neat thing. Um, I I like this interaction where where they're they're talking about and my thanks to he who adds. Yes, uh, Thresh Sun Asan. My thanks to he who adds. Oh yeah, they're right what there. What does that mean? Yeah, you're he right. who adds and he who takes away. I think it's a little little playing there, a little almost a little foreshadowing of reading about Zeth. Yeah. Well, Zeth, Zeth comes up he's later. Not, I know, but he's not adding. No, he's not. He's you're right. So away. you're saying that there's a this is a little bit of a foreshadowing to I think to what we get in I Zeth think, later. Yeah, I, I, I see it. I mean, but yeah, I, I, I also nice. see this as, as a religious thing too. Like he who adds, it's a it seems to be philosophical or a bit religious in nature. Um, yeah, this this is just great. This metal in the crates. Uh, yeah. Um, the but but no rocks were broken or smelted in in getting this metal. It was soul cast from shells, bark, and branches. And and he's got a document, a signed and sealed document from five Thalen notaries attesting to this fact. And and of course, right. This other this other Shin merchant. Everything's is, that's super not above board. Super. Yeah. It's it, it's just a really neat exchange. The others uh, want horses, right. says Thresh. Um, and Vistim's like, no, why? Too hard to care for. Uh, poor return on on investment. They want horses. Why would why would yeah. that be? Because remember, horses come from Shinovar. Mm-hmm. Right. The um sh- the the king El- uh, Elokar. He doesn't have a reshadium, but he has the finest right. shin stock. Shin, so yes, which is what the Misty Mountains stop those high storms, so they can actually breed horses. Right. And so if any horses are anywhere, it's there. They come from shin. Now right. the reshadiums are another question, but so I thought this was really cool. Um, uh, the chickens being worthless and the metal being worthless to the other, and yet here's this exchange. Um, 
then they go on to ask about um, whether or not um, the whether or not the um, th uh, Thresh. No, sorry, not Thresh. Um, who's the Babsk? What's his name? Um, Vistum. Vistum. He's asking about whether or not he can get another slave like Z like Zeth. Right. Yeah, exactly. And he's and like, then, well... Go ahead. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. The um, Thresh is, is saying, well, you know, Zeth was truthless. He was worthless. He couldn't... He couldn't take money for that trade. He right. had to throw the money and the payment in the river. Right. So we're that getting is, a little bit of background here. Yeah, that's really interesting. That they, you know, that they would go to that extent. Yeah. Um. So, the Thalen was after. So the Thalen, it would seem, has played a role in delivering. Zeth right to a new master that ordered the assassination right of the king that is because the third Zeth... that's the third on the tripod of this uh Thalen delivering our main characters thing yes wow it's cool right it's cool these white eyebrowed you know, Thalen. Uh, what's with these Thalens? They're they're like they're like um, deliverers, or yeah. you know, they they have a role in 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 fate. You know, like bringing people to their to their destinies. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's really cool. Um, Avistum's like I regret trading him. Like I I regret getting rid of him. He was awesome. I like I <laughs> you know what I mean. And we know we're like, yeah, of course he's awesome. Like, why? Like, why would you ever get rid of him? But like you said, fate, right? The Fabrials, uh to them were worthless, unholy, mm -hmm. or too holy, or too holy to use. Too holy or unholy? She wasn't sure, right? Risen's not really sure which one's which. Hmm. I like at the end here that at the end of this exchange so I, I think that uh, Thresh is basically saying you know I, I can't uh, I, I don't think he can facilitate getting him another another Zeth like another Shin right yeah yeah he's just like no or... we don't do that anymore no but at the because end of they, this they little exchange get rid of the, um, sorry, go ahead. the Shin man the Shin tra uh, farmer was able to get rid of uh, Zeth because Zeth was truthless he says um, right the other soldiers are not so we, they're not they're not for sale do we understand clearly what that means? Nope. Zeth being truthless? No, we don't know at all what it means. Do we have a concept has... right now? No. Hmm. Only what only with Zeth has revealed to us, and he reveals it very slowly, so. Okay, gotcha. Well, we don't know why, or rather I don't know... Why he's mm. called truth at the end of this, uh, I I do like this that Risen is watching this this crazy haggle, which isn't a haggle at all. It's like no. you've got you've got two guys showing up here. I've got something worthless. Oh well, I really I really want something worthless, and and I also have something worthless. Oh, I really want what you think is worthless. Mm -hmm. uh, and then after this, um, I like that Vistim is. Uh, 
he makes her bring the grass. Yeah. He says that she is to go get a sample of this grass that doesn't bend, doesn't move or or do what you were expecting it to do. It's literally and just she, grass. And, That's all it's it is. It's literally just grass. And she's yeah. and she's like, um, hang on, I, I, li- I like this exchange. She's like, why am I doing this? She asked, wrinkling her nose and taking the pot. Because, he said, you're going to learn to care for that plant. I want you to keep it with you until you stop thinking of it as odd. Mm-hmm. But why? Because it will make you a better merchant. Mm-hmm. Love that. That is yeah, my highlight really of this cool. little bit right here. It's really cool. I, uh, my um, highlight is the uh, is other characters having had something to do with Zeth. I love that. I think it's fantastic. The other care. Oh, uh, just that they just like that this, idea. Yeah, that, they came right. We find out where Zeth came from into this the Western world or the Eastern world. Right into Al- into Alethkar. Right. From How it Shinovar all started was was from this farmer to Vistam and then Vistam lost him and then yeah. Right. And then I just love that. There. I think it's awesome. Mhm. If you're not really paying attention when you read it either, you might not you might not know what they're talking about. So I like that. That was it's my highlight. I I was kind of sad that this that this one um um didn't have like another another title like uh, so for instance the next is axes the collector um but -hmm. at the beginning of this one it's just risen right so all the interludes are so named after the characters that they're they're about except for the Mm -hmm. ones that are about zeth the last time we had interludes the interludes were um uh non-balat ishik and um a way of peace or uh something like that so it's about Zeth, but Zeth gets his um, chapters, his interludes, with like a fancy title. Like a fancy title. Let me find it here. Correct. The a work of art. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the last Which, time we had. Oh it my god! I love was... that. Oh my! God, I can't wait to talk about. It. Okay. So are we done with this this first bit for now, or shall or shall we? Uh... Yeah. No. Let's get to the next interlude. Okay, the next interlude, uh, Axes the Collector, my personal favorite. Um, I love it when you first meet this guy. He's groaning, he's got a headache, he's naked. Uh, he is Amian, or Aemian. Um, furthermore, he is Sia Aemian. Mm-hmm. Um, Very rare. See, uh, very rare, are very very rare. Yeah, <laughs> he's in a place called Kazator. Um, and he's being asked if he's going to be paying rent for the alley that he's in. He's been <laughs> beaten, robbed, and left for dead again. Mm-hmm. And he's commenting the things I do in the name of scholarship. Here he um. So Kazator is in Yakoved. We find out. Um, okay, there you go. And then he um, he smells something awful. And Pungent then he, yeah. and rank. And then it says he focused on his nose, sculpting his body so that he could no longer smell. So I wrote that down, um, that he sculpts his body. So I want to ask you about this because I don't know how well it really brings it out in here. Is he a shapeshifter? 
Because it's um, saying here he sculpted his body to no longer right. smell. Right. Like, so I, <laughs> I was caught between two characters here. So mm-hmm. trying to imagine what Axis the Collector looked like. So groaning, headache, naked, uh, and he's just he seems a bit like listless and lost or something like that. Um, but right. all, also an in, an interest in the Scholastic. So I immediately thought of um, uh, one of the characters from A Knight's Tale, uh, played which, by. Uh, I, think, I think it was. Which one? It's played by Bellamy. That British yeah, it's, fella. Uh, he he plays uh, Chaucer. Vi- Vision, yeah, Chaucer. Yeah, that's right. Right. So I was imme- I was thinking of him, Chaucer, but then when it said that it's, he sculpted his face, I thought, oh, geez, now I'm thinking of Deep Space Nine. Right. Um, so I kept sort so of a little later. Between. He, he's able to add, um, he's able to change the pigment of his skin to add tattoos to himself. Yeah. Right. Because he always ends yeah. up like naked and beaten up, yeah. And like he can't keep notepads of stuff, so he writes information on his body. So he is a shape. And that reminded me. That reminded me of Memento, when uh, yes, yeah, the, yeah. The dude would have notes on him because he couldn't remember. Yeah. But this guy, yeah. he can remember. He just he needs to write it down because well, one, you know, he's got a normal memory, not a great memory, but you know, he's not identical. But he's got yeah. a normal memory, and so his notes, his research notes, are. All over his body because he can't hold on to a notebook. He gets robbed too many times. <laughs> Guy Pierce would be a perfect actor for this series. Yeah. Well, he, he would has. Be great. Um, did you get this part where he? Um, they have crystalline, deep blue eyes, mm-hmm. and they cast a shadow the wrong way. I Their know. shadow goes oh. towards the sun. World building wise, that I have as one of my asterisks, and that's off the chart, dude. Yeah, it's awesome, right? Like, I love that world. The world building in this thing is obscene. I demand that this comes to television. I know. <laughs> like I want to. I, I, I'm a visual person. I mean, I, I I'm becoming more of a reader yeah. thanks to Brandon. Yeah, there you go. And thanks to you. So that's You're that's cool. Welcome. I'm becoming more. I'm becoming more of a reader again, which is good. Reading is good. Mm-hmm. But I like my visuals too. Right. I like my art. I like to see my art move occasionally. So the the other thing they say about him here is, um, uh, the uh, he says a few heartbeats mm. of mental focus, and his headache goes away. Yeah. So he like literally wills his headache away, which is crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah, I can't I, I can't answer your question of uh, of whether or not he's a, sh- a shapeshifter, but what we know of him is oh, he's you can't able answer to that. Do, um, I can't answer that. Um, but okay. um, but he, what we do know of him is he has some kind of command over his body. My body. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Kazator, um, a large Iriali city, second only to Ral Elorum, correct? Mm-hmm. So this is yeah. a big place. Um, so he is to pay rent. He is to pay rent uh, in this alleyway for uh, destroying the temple of a northern god. Is that uh, what you have in your notes? And he's like, I, I don't recall destroying any any temples. Normally, I'm quite cognizant of that sort of thing. I thought that was hilarious. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the uh, the temple is just this bum's like he just set it up with like vegetables and yeah. like like p- 
pieces of crap and yeah. stuff like he <laughs> I don't recall destroying any temples normally I'm quite yeah. cognizant of that sort of thing oh just I yeah. love that I could so patch, uh, picture that um, you took out half of Hapron Street <laughs> and yeah, then, I love this little quote here where he says sorry um, no go ahead go ahead no no you go ahead you took out half of, uh, um, half of Hapron Street, the beggar said. Number of homes as well. I'll let that slide. Mighty kind of you. <laughs> this little <laughs> yeah, exchange exactly, is funny. Yeah. yeah, it's really funny. I I really like his attitude. Mm. He's like super, super chill. <laughs> like he's, you know what? Oh, well, I woke up in the the uh, the ditch again. It's not, not a big deal. Yeah. Um. He does say, though, here, it says... Uh, Perhaps someone important would take exception to him and have him brought to the local magistrate. Wouldn't be the first time. He'd learned long ago not to worry. When the curse of kind followed you, mm-hmm. and that's in capital letters, you right. learned to take what happened as it happened. And then he says a little later, I think he says, like, he wants to get away from this bum that's in the, the alleyway. Yeah. Because he doesn't want the curse to reflect badly on this guy. So he, mm. like, needs to get away. Just to get away from him. Um, mm-hmm. the the beggar does ask him an interesting question. He says, "Are you a void bringer or a herald?" Void bringer, I'm afraid. Axes says. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I did destroy a temple. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Then it gets back to his. Yeah, yeah. He brings it back around there. Uh, yeah, the, the shadow casting in the opposite way. That is really neat. And if anybody notices it, they shy away from this character. So Axes right. does lead a life of, like, you know, people crossing the street if they if they mm-hmm. see him or experience him, right? Right. So that's, um, you know, that's interesting. Yeah, the curse of kind followed you. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting concept. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. And then we find out uh, that he does change the colors of his skin, as you say, the markings at will. Um, and then we get to find out about what he's interested in. Yeah. Which is We spread. find out that he literally got looking piss-ass drunk last night. So that. So that he could try to find. Intoxication spread, <laughs> ale spread, sud spread, yeah, brown yeah, bubbles sure clinging to objects. And he's not, and the thing is, that what's hilarious about his research is, he's not even sure if they're real. Yeah. He just gets trashed and he's like, oh yeah, uh, intoxication spread. But I'm not really sure if they're real. He's literally that guy from Blink-182 like, who went off to try to find UFOs. He's like, not sure if they're real, but you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm just going to go. Um, <laughs> I don't know if there are intoxication spread, but I'm sure gonna, I'm, I'm going to try. Well, he so says, gonna... uh, test successful. Test Have successful, noted yeah. spread who appear only when is one severely intoxicated. Appears as a small brown bubble clinging to objects yeah. nearby. Further testing may be needed to prove that they were uh, they were more than uh, than a drunk hallucination. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, yeah, very nice, very nice indeed, he says out loud. Um, <laughs> I wonder what I should call them. And that's when he says, intoxication spren? No. Too he's like, that unwieldy, seems silly. Yeah. He's like, ale spren? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I um, said spren, yeah. So I like this here. He's literally like doing stuff to himself to see what kind of spren appear. It's really awesome. Yeah, it's, it's totally cool. Um... 
Yeah, he's, he's, his life's work to observe and catalog and study every single type of spren in Roshar. That's one of his goals, I guess. And he's whistling. Mm. He's whistling about. So he's naked. He's in the garbage. He's in an alleyway. He's been beaten. He smells something he awful. Puts a towel so he on changes him or his, or, or, sculpts um, his body. He moves tattoos yeah. and colors around on his on his body. And and here he is yeah. uh, with this crazy um, uh, inclination or being drawn towards cataloging Spren. I think it's wonderful. I think he's a great addition to this uh, <laughs> to this series. Uh, yeah, he, had, he had a he's, fondness uh, for the Iriali, uh... so that's interesting. A fondness for the Iriali, because they weren't as prudish. Yeah, we met as them Warren. before. Remember? Yeah, the, 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 these are the ones with the gold and the real gold hair. Like, yes, like tangled yeah, like metallic looking hair, Rapunzel yeah. gold, like mm. tangled gold. By the way, yeah. best best yeah. Disney film ever. Like this whole Frozen thing. Um, sorry, I'm gonna fight you. Oh, fro- um, it's Frozen... Moana. Oh, Moana. It's amazing. Moana. Yeah, but okay, but wasn't yeah. Moana and made by have the you seen, hold on, hold on, sidetrack. Sidetrack with Sean and Jack. Sidetrack with <laughs> Sean and Jack. Sidetrack, uh, um, golden hair the... Ariali translates into Rapunzel have you, or Tangled by... Have you um have you heard, uh, seen the trailer for the new Disney movie called <gasps> Raya and the Last Dragon? Yeah, but even the one before that, Soul, like these next two films by Disney look... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unreal. They look amazing. Yeah, they look yeah. awesome. Yeah, they look awesome. But that still doesn't yeah. discount the fact that yeah. Tangled, unbelievable. Literally, the end of this pod is just us going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just yeah, no, yeah, back I'm to just each saying. other. <laughs> I'm just saying, Frozen should have had a sequel. That's all I'm saying. Sorry, not Frozen. Mountain. It did. Freudian slip. No, uh, Tangled. Tangled should have had a sequel. I'm sorry. Okay. It should have had a full-on sequel. It yeah. was so good. It was good. It was good. Yeah, good. Anyway, enough about that. Okay, back to the Vorin. Uh... So the Vorin aren't quite as nice, apparently, as uh, many of the uh, Iriali, according to Axis the Collector. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pr- more prudish, right? Yeah, but he's really, he's really, uh, and they're not so inclined to bickering or fighting, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Uh, that made it easier to hunt Spren, is what uh, he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there were also Spren you could find only during war. Right. So he shows up to this uh, area where a crowd is gathering, and there's a viewing platform. And mm-hmm. uh, so this he, is my favorite part. He is about to witness this amazing display at precisely 7:46 in the morning. The locals are all gathering. An enormous sea blue spren bursts out of the water of the bay, translucent, throws out waves or appears to throw out waves but it's illusory this is amazing again world building I love it it's yeah. an illusion it's not actually the the water of the bay is actually still flat and calm as it as right. it was but it's bursting out it's the spren that's creating this like right. illusion yeah and this spren is no joke this massive jet of water that puts out arms and puts out onto these pedestals that are set up it's a hundred feet hundred feet high. It's massive. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh four hundred and feet. It says largest he's ever seen. What does it say? It says a height of at least a hundred feet. Yeah, one of the Why largest I've I ever seen. Four hundred feet. I don't know. That's oh well, then a height of at least a hundred feet. I uh, must have been a typo. It can be taller. It's he was as it high as five thousand feet. I think it says five. It can be four hundred. Why not? We're already at one hundred. 
<laughs> what's another 300? What's another 300 feet? Seriously, just give um, it to me. This massive... Give it to me. Uh, I love this. I love that it's also named again. It's named. Yes. Yeah. They na- He named it Kusichesh. Uh, yeah, Kusichesh, the protector. Kusichesh, the protector. It's the only type of spren that has only one member. Correct. All other spren have. They've other not spren, seen another. But this spren. Right. Right. They've never seen another Kusichesh or whatever. No. No, amazing. And some worship it as a god. Some people just consider it a part of the community. Yeah. Um, Axis yeah. is just completely fascinated by this, of course. Um, it it looks toward the origin, so it looks toward the east. Um, mm-hmm. It forms a face. It's it's really creepy here. Let me read this part here. It says, Axis thinks, but what kind of sprint is it? Axis wrote, fascinated. It has formed a face looking eastward, directly mm-hmm. towards the origin. That face is shifting bewilderingly quick. Different human faces appear on the end of its stump-like neck, one after another in blurred succession. So it's just all these human faces that are appearing mm-hmm. on the end. Of it. It's And it lasts it's for bi- ten minutes. It's bizarre. Yeah, ten minutes of this. And he thinks to himself, did any of these faces repeat? They were so quick to change, he couldn't really tell. Some mm. seem male, some seem female. Yeah, it's really cool. This next bit, I, I'm not sure is a clue, but we'll see. Um, Axes felt drained. As if something had been leached after... from him. After this spren goes back into the bay. That was reported to be a common hmm. reaction. And so what I was immediately thinking oh, was... Yeah. Was that feeling of being drained like it was like stormlight being, you know, was some sort of essence being taken from the witnesses? From these people? Like hmm, maybe. Like, like fueling this fueling this spren? I'm I'm not sure. That's what I was thinking initially. Uh when they It could also be like a uh, emotional draining, like because the be. spectacle is so amazing that people could feel yeah. emotionally drained after seeing it. Maybe it was that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so some urchins <laughs> I like run it. by and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. So the urchin, yeah, the urchin comes by and grabs. Uh, what's he grab? His wrap. Uh, yeah, yanking it it's and like laughing. The burlap wrap yeah, or whatever. He like yeah, grabs the wrap around him and and tosses it to his friends and scrambles away. What a bother! He says. And now he ends and up then, naked again. <laughs> and he's now he's naked again. And then the guards come up. And he's like, oh, wonderful. He's like, here's an- yet another opportunity for me to search for captivity spren. Um, yeah. So yeah. hilarious that he's <laughs> he's getting arrested again. But I think what is really most interesting here, hang on now. Is those last uh, lines. Eh? Yeah. He says, uh, well, he said to himself, making a final notation as one of the guards grabbed him on the shoulder. It appears I'll have another chance to search for captivity spren. Odd how those had eluded him all these years, despite his numerous incarcerations. He was beginning to consider yeah, them mythological. The guards right. towed him off toward the city <laughs> dungeons, but he didn't mind two new spren in as many days. At this rate, it might only take a few more centuries to complete his research. Grand indeed, he resumed whistling to himself. So he's been around for centuries. At this rate, it might only take a few more centuries. So it, so this is the thing. is that Sculpts he's not- his face, tattoos. He can tattoo himself whenever he wants. No parlor. Right. He's not saying that he's centuries old. He's saying that 
he could live a few more centuries at the very it's only going to take a few more centuries to finish his work so he'll be able to live through all of that what i took from that was that it was going to take him centuries and he ex- and he expects to live through that right like he right. can right maybe like he has already yeah right yeah Axie's yeah. there. So when you Ax- first read it, it, almost seems like oh, he's like that centuries old, but he's not centuries old. He's just c- centuries is like nothing to him. He's just like oh, it'll just take a couple more centuries. That's it. So interesting, interesting. Axie's the vampire. Um, yeah, loved him. <laughs> okay, Axie. <laughs> the the last the last uh, the last interlude here. Okay. Alternate title for for uh, the the collector. I didn't get one. Um, at least I don't the interludes think I are a little harder. There's there's not much there, right? So no, I, I don't think I had an alternate title highlight for me. I don't know. I I think just well, I I think it was this this odd spren. Cusich was the was the highlight yeah, for me awesome. for sure. Like that that's just unbelievable. But great world building stuff with axes and my brother, my flame head, or sorry, my spren head, my flame head. Um, fellow, fellow, head. fellow Spren head. Um, so I've got a sort of a kinship going with this guy. I hope I get to read about him again. Flameheads are um, are fans of Sprens who only like Flame Spren. They don't like any of the other ones. <laughs> Flameheads. They're, they think the other ones are garbage. They're like, yeah. they, uh, when Spren, they sold out. But you know who Wind I love? Spren. I love Flame Spren, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Flame Spren. Everything burns. Yeah. Uh, Zeth. This final chapter was unreal. I mm-hmm. really, really loved it. A work, yeah, a work of art. Yeah, a work of art is what it's called. Mm-hmm. So you're not. It's not called Zeth. It's called a work of art. Yeah, Zeth, son, son of Valano, truthless of Shinovar. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of uh, explanation of son, son, Valano. Well, wouldn't that be grandson of Valano? Like son, son. Yes, yes. Yes, he's yeah. not the son of Valeno because his son, no. he gets called that later. Um, what do they say to him again? Uh, yeah, later on, uh, someone described... Well, hang on, we're jumping right to the end Yeah, with yeah, that. yeah, 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 that's true, that's true. That goes right to okay, the let's end. Just, so right- you know what, let's just jump to the end of the book. And at the end... <laughs> and at the end... Everyone was I- fine. <laughs> all was and well they, in the jungle. They all held hands and they all shared a Coke. <laughs> I'll have a Coke. Um... Uh, that was a reference from Boondock Saints, by the way. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'll have a cook. Okay, so in this, he's, I, I love this, very descriptive at the beginning of this uh, mm-hmm. this bit, work of art, uh, how he's crouched on the stone ledge, cloak hanging over the stone ledge itself, making it look like he's just hanging on the wall. Yeah. And I really, really liked picturing him like this right at the beginning. Um, yeah. It made me feel like he was like a fly or a spider on the wall. This thing yeah. in the shadows that was just lurking there. And also totally D&D. Like this is, we've yeah. had lots of adventures like this with our assassin characters. <laughs> and, you know, this is just a wonderful description to start this, I, this chapter. I, I love it. it. I love it. Love but it. I also, I love how amazing it looks. But also I love how Zeth undercuts the whole thing by saying, this outfit is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a terrible outfit for an assassin, yeah. Well, he wears whatever McKech demanded. 
um, right that he that, that he wore right. right. So and he's got this skin yeah, tight. Yeah, the cloak's black. too floppy and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but it's still. I mean, come on, it's got to look cool. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. This is it's, Seth, it, 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 I'm sure it looks awesome, but that's why McKeck wants him to wear it because it looks awesome. But like uh, every Zach time like, I, I'm imagining something man. cool, then you're like you're like you're you're pulling a uh, uh, Rasharan or yeah. Hey guys, uh, can I help out here with oh. the chasm fiend? Uh? <laughs> the Renarin voice. Renar, yeah. Or the, or yeah, the yeah. Sorry, Rasharan. Re, the, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the I, I'm thinking Renarin is so cool. And then you're yeah, like, he is cool. He's awesome. Yeah, he's he's the best. I absolutely love Renarin. <laughs> <laughs> With all all sincerity, I just also like making fun of his voice. But I'm but, not going to do that again this episode. This is the second episode now that you've brought it up before I even do it. He's not even in these chapters. He's so. I, I think what the the truth here is is I think you want me to do that voice. I think you like it now. And so you're like, hey, what about Renarin? I'm getting, eh? I am getting surprisingly comfortable. I'm getting surprisingly <laughs> comfortable with you. You doing your Renarin voice, yeah? But but I disagree with yeah. it. I think Renarin is a lot cooler than that. Um, <laughs> this okay. So Makek, we've encountered Makek before. This is the gentleman that happened upon um, uh, the o- or got got a hold of the Oath Stone. Right. Of, That's the last time we saw Zeth. Right. Correct. He was one of the footpads. Yeah. Correct, and he got he got Zeth to kill all of his other buddies. Yeah, Makek had all the others slain to keep the idea of this oath stone secret, because if right. anybody knew, of you got to do it, right? And and knew that this shard bearer, this super talent, this assassin, this yeah, I, we're getting ahead of ourselves again because there are things in here that were said that I just find are unreal. Okay. okay, so Get he's in it. this mask, or sorry, he's got this cloth mask. Um, Zeth did as his master commanded, always. He's here tonight to do a kill. In the description of Zeth here, we get a little more. The shin had eyes like a child, slightly larger than normal, which, which many people found disturbing. Mm-hmm. And why was that so? I I, 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 sort of, I sort of like that. I was sort of thinking about that. Like, why would yeah. a, a child's eye, why would innocence disturb you? Um, because they, they're they on the eyes of a fully formed man, and that's why I, I think it's disturbing. Yeah. Um, he says later, like, when he get, he ditches the cloak, he also ditches the mask, because he's like, people are going to see my eyes, and they're going to know I'm Shin. I'm the only Shin in town. So, like, yeah. there's yeah. no point in me wearing a mask. It's not covering up anything. Like, I no. look so distinctively shinned because of my eyes yeah. that it's not going to matter to wear a mask. It's not going to matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah, that's what he's saying. It was a stupid outfit. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's rolling his eyes the whole time. So, in, in this area, so rubbing fire moss. Ugh, again, mm-hmm. the world building. Oh, come on. You Give me yeah. give me a break. Rubbing the fire it says moss it makes a was said to make a man's... Yeah make a man's mind more receptive uh, to ideas. I love this. This is just great classic Brandon Sanderson world building, and I'm really, yeah. really into yeah. it. I love Zeth, that it involves Zeth plants. Says, Zeth says that um, he tried it, and it gave him a headache, yeah. and he got blisters on his fingertips. But yeah. he's so heard once you get past the calluses, calluses yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be euphoric. Yeah, And it's to me, it made me think of like Rochard's like heroin or something. Like It's like the... We like have the, got to the bring most in, sought after thing. We got to bring in this fire moss into D and D. There you go, hundred percent. Do it, fire yeah, moss. It's got to. It's got to be something that grows 
you know, I guess a, a, an application in D and D would be maybe in the Underdark. You've got some kind of a moss that grows, and if you if you rub it together, you get a spark. You can mm-hmm. create a fire, get some warmth. Um, yeah, but that's not but that's not what this is for here. No, I know, but I, I'm thinking that we should we should just steal and uh, and do something steal with steal the fire moss and use it for yeah. actual flame stuff. Yeah. I think it should be an, an igniter in D and D. I think it's. I find I it hilarious that these guys uh, rub this fire moss between their fingers, mm-hmm. and because it gets on their fingers, they get high off of it. Like they're not ingesting it inside. No, they're not it smoking w- it. It's just like the, more than likely an oil, right? From the yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like yeah. going through the fingers, and that's how you take you take it. It's just crazy. These bylanders were of Voran descent, barmaids with plunging dresses and violet robes, provocative hand exposed. The games that were being played in this area, in this, uh, I guess this would be like a tavern, or is this like a, a yeah. gambling area, basically? No, it's, it's, a, a, it's a gambling den. So it's like a tavern, den. but it's not a, it's like an unofficial one. But no games of chance, no dice, no, no bets of cards, breakneck yeah. Shallow crab fights and guessing games. Mm-hmm. And this is the uh, fascinating component to this: is that the Voren, they would not bet on the outcome, but on the hand that they held after the throws and the draws. Right, because they can't bet on the future. Right. Because remember, we learned we learned earlier in the book that uh, the Voren belief. Um, at one point, the um, and during the recreants, the hierarchy were telling people what the future was going to be because the right. Almighty was telling them. Well, now mm-hmm. Voren belief is that you cannot guess the future. That is against right. things, prophecy, right. all that stuff. Even betting on what the next card is going to be is seen as trying to tell the future. Yeah, it's it's sinful Crazy. or it's or it's it's yeah, yeah it's taboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I ugh, totally totally love it. Yeah, so this was more about um, bluffing after a deal or a toss, as opposed to betting on that deal or uh, uh, that on that deal or toss. So it's interesting. So he's in this town um, called Bornwater, mm-hmm. and here he is. He's here tonight uh, to kill someone. Right. And he is here tonight to kill a competitor of his master, Makek. So Makek has done quite well with having. Zeth as his slave, as his uh, Oathstone um, companion. Um, he has built quite a, a lofty business for himself, and he's gone from a few towns now. They they came mm. from Stapland, and there's talk of them moving on to a place called Kneespike after Bornwater. But in Bornwater, a gentleman came to town by the name of Gavishaw, and Gavishaw right. has set up a competitive... Uh, gambling sort of uh, an area um, and Makek does not want Gavishaw to be around any longer hence let's send in Zeth this assassin yeah let's send in the man so um, there's a reference to stone shamanism yeah, which I is, wanted which to, is, I'm actually trying to find that right now, actually. It's on page 550 of my book. Um, I wanted to read that part. Oh, here we go. Okay. You got um, it. So it says, uh, how could these Easterners not walk on stone? Mm-hmm. There was no soil in their lands. How could they get about without treading on stone? 
um, dangerous thoughts. His way of life was all that remained to him. If he questioned stone shamanism, would he then question his nature as a truthless? Dangerous. Mm -hmm. Dangerous. Though his murders and sins would damn him, at least his soul would be given to the stones upon his death. He would continue to exist, punished in agony, but not exiled to nothingness. Mm -hmm. Better to exist in agony than to vanish entirely. Yeah, so I wrote, I wrote that down as one of my quotes for this mm -hmm. chapter. Um, well, kind of what we were saying what, earlier, what are your you thoughts were wondering about, about um, like what's truthless. Well, there's there's a, there's a little nugget in here too now, right? Yeah, um, maybe. Better to exist in agony than to vanish entirely. Like, like, what do you think about that? Just as a general statement. I feel like is it, is it um, like it's similar to the statement of better to have loved and lost? Possibly. I think it's more emblematic of what the Shin believe as a culture in what happens after, right? Um, the Alethi believe that you become an awesome warrior here and now, and then you'll be rewarded later. But he's saying, you know, he's saying here, where is it again? Here, sorry. He says, though his murders and sins would damn him, mm -hmm. at least his soul would be given to the stones upon his death. Right. So even though no matter what he does now as a human, upon his death, his soul will be fine. And right. so it, like almost he, he would like, continue to exist, punished in agony, right. but not exiled to nothingness. Right. So he might go to hell for what he's done, but at least he'll still exist afterwards and not just go into the into the void or whatever. So it gives us a little idea of kind of what he believes. It, this might yeah. not necessarily be um, um, emblematic of the whole of the Shin people, because mm -hmm. earlier with the farmer, the farmer said, oh, no, he was different. He's truthless. So that might be a belief within the Shin people that is separate from, from most Shin people as well. So mm -hmm. we don't really know that yet. We don't really know anything about what it is yet. That's really, really neat. I like it. Yeah, it, it's really cool. So he kills Makek's uh, companions. He's arrived in Bornwater. Um, mm -hmm. uh, they're here to kill, to kill, or he's here to kill this Gavishaw. Yeah. Um, and he's located in the uh, the City Lord's mansion. Right. Which this, the the text that is uh, uh, there for us to enjoy from Brandon Sanderson. Mr. Brandon, Mr. Sanderson. Mr. Sanderson. Mr. Sanderson. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. His infiltration of the place is great. It's just a, a yeah. wonderful read. Um, the pages uh, flew by as I was, uh, you know, going through this part because it was so intense and, and well described. Um, I like how Zeth is reminded of Shinovar as he's going on this mission. The cold, wet air on his skin. The buildings, uh, um, of course, were earthen where he came from, made of clay and soil, not this blasphemous mm -hmm. stone. But he right. is... Rather than hearing the, the, the noises of where he is in Bornwater, he's comparing them to the thunder and whinnies of wild horses back in Shinovar on, right. on, on, on the plains. So I, I like the fact that he's reminiscing about another life. And a, and a number of these characters in this series are doing that over and over. You know, they're, they're thinking about this, this other part of themselves. Right that exists um, and just because we're following an assassin no different in terms right. of uh, what he uh, is yearning for mm -hmm. um, 
no place for Zeth in the Valley of Truth. What does that mean? Probably has something to do with his. Um, they, I think they they uh, they refer to the Valley of Truth as actual. It's like another name for Shinovar, right? Because it says, but no, in Shinovar, he'd never f uh, smelled refuse like that. Pungency compounded by weeks spent marinating. He was right. not home. There was no place for him in the Valley of Truth. So the Valley of Truth is Shinovar. Because he's talking hmm. about his homeland, Shinovar. He was not home. He was not in Shinovar. There was no place for him in the Valley of Truth. He wasn't allowed to go home. Oh. Right? Hmm. Okay. I think that's becoming a bit more clear to me. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, these, uh, the powers... Okay, so he's commenting on his powers here before he's yeah. about to do another assassination. And he, yeah. his comment in his mind is, these powers that I have were never intended for assassination. Mm. Why Why is he thinking that? Why is he so sure of that? Don't know. Am I throwing too many hard questions that are going to have reveals for me? We can't. But no, the no, there's so just... he, he he needs to preserve a, a, what little humanity he has left. In tonight, in, with this assassination, he could kill the guards. He could kill all these, but he's but he's not going to. He has a right. plan of just killing Gavishaw, and he's and he goes to it. Right. He hits the roof. He lashes. I love this again. This reminds me of the beginning where he kills the king, there's... where he kills Gavilar. There's something here before um, we get into there. I wanna. I, I just want to mention mm. something here. Um, yeah, he said um, he waits ten heartbeats after the passing of the guard. Yeah, and we get this phrase of ten heartbeats. And so what he's yep. doing is he's the just waiting heralds. for um, he's waiting for this guard to pass before he moves on. And normally when we hear someone say something about ten heartbeats, it's Dalinar or Adelin calling their shard blade to them. They have summoning to wait ten yeah. heartbeats, right? They're summoning it to him. Uh, summoning to themselves so um, but in this case he doesn't he's not doing that he's just waiting that's how long he's waiting until the, the guard goes so th it kind of is a callback to it without actually it being that right I think it's just uh, I think it's a way probably in the in the text in the writing to connect these characters together right um, yeah there's know, common themes um, that go throughout yeah so again it's it's wonderful yeah, I so love, you're, I love that. You're right when you say that he um, he's going to he could do this mission many different ways, but he's going to do it his way. He wasn't told exactly how to do it, so he's going to do it his well, way. Right. So, he was told to kill Gavishar, and it was up to him. Right. And he is not. He does not take the initiative to increase the body count. Mm -hmm. That's not what he does. No. So he's he's not necessarily bloodthirsty. He's ex we'll, we'll get to that. But, yeah. Um, but it is, he says he's, it's the only he, he, way to preserve what little humanity he had left was to make sure that he yeah. didn't take lives without cause. Like he, he can go and mm -hmm. kill one man and that be his mission. And he doesn't need, he's so good that he doesn't need to kill everyone on, along the way. Mm -hmm. Whereas like a mercenary or a thug might have to actually bust some heads to get to the dude. But Zeth is good enough that he doesn't need that. Oh, I love this one. He summons his shard blade. He reaches the roof. He summons the shard blade. He's going to cut a hole in the dome. And he does so so that it doesn't fall down. And he, then he lashes it and throws the stone away. It soars right. into the sky. It says here, he stepped back as the stone 
Circle lurched free and fell up into the air, streaming stormlight as it soared toward the splattered paint drops of stars above. Mm-hmm. I yeah, love right, that. Right before he, um, right before he he summons it, um, it says he dropped down t- onto the dome, stormlight streaming from his body, translucent, luminescent, pristine. Like the ghost of a fire burning from him, consuming his soul. Um, and then he summons his shard blade. I want to point something out here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lead, but I want to point something out here, and it's important. Mm-hmm. He counted 10 heartbeats. They made a point of telling us that he counted 10 heartbeats for the, the soldier to walk past. And then mm-hmm. when it came time, he just summoned his shard blade. He did mm-hmm. not say he counted ten heartbeats to summon his shard blade. He just summoned it. Anyone else who's ever summoned that shard blade has counted ten heartbeats. But in this moment, he is not. He just summons it at will. So there's a distinct difference hmm. here. Between difference there. They're showing us, they're reminding us with ten heartbeats as the soldier passes, and then Zeth just summons his shard blade. So I just wanted to point that out. I would be remiss he if I now, did He not. doesn't have to wait? He did not have to wait. Consuming his soul. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a bit of the dark side. Consumes his soul. It's quicker. Easier. Mm. More, more seductive. Quicker. Maybe more subjective. <laughs> That's a terrible Yoda voice. He's, it's, it's quicker. Easier. I, uh, I saw a meme, a Yoda <laughs> meme the other day, and it said like... Uh, um, I'd now, be a terrible Yoda. It was like you, the the meme was uh, now that you're a parent, you can understand why Yoda died. He had to sit around listening to Luke whine, whine all day and ask him <laughs> questions. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> no wonder Yoda died. Yeah, he just Yoda. disappeared. He said, "Well, there's no hope here, so fuck this." Yeah, let's get out of here. And then um, yeah, he so, didn't really know. How bad so he enters the building and he uh, he makes a distraction to get the guards to go away. Um, well, yeah. Says, so th- so that's part of this lashing when he cut out the hole in the dome. Mm-hmm. Is he yeah, yeah. tosses it away and then it creates a, a distraction, giving him the opportunity to uh, to enter. Right. And he says that he's careful. He's always been careful not to use his blade because he doesn't want Mekek to hear about it. Right. Because if yeah. Mekek could hear about it, then he, then Mekek would will most likely demand Zeth to hand it over, and then Mekek's gonna find which out he, the second forbidden action, right? Because this is the right. second forbidden action that, uh, as um, correct as a truthless, right? Is that he? The first one is we learned last uh, interlude is that he can't kill himself. He won't kill himself, right? No. And this t- this one is that he is required to carry the blade until his death, after which the Shin Stone Shamans would recover it from whoever had killed him. Because right. normally your shard blade, you know, in, tradi- in, in Vorin and Alethi tradition... Would go to the Would victor. go to the person, yeah, the, that person. But yeah. in this mm-hmm. sense, um, the Shin Stone Shamans would recover it and take it from whoever killed him, which is really, really cool. You think you won this shard blade. You're like, yeah, yeah, I won this shard blade. And then these, like, crazy monks show up and go, that belongs to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really cool. Well, then take it from my d- dead hands. Okay, now you're dead. Right, right. Um, 
and then Zeth thinks he like he he worries about Maquette getting bolder, and um, and then he mm-hmm. thinks what happens if the Alethi find out about Zeth? Like, what if Maquette starts talking about an assassin with a blade and a Shin assassin with a blade, and he's my guy? And then he's like, what if the Alethi find out? Um, that could actually mean war between Alethkar and Yakaved because they're hiding yeah. out in Yakaved right now, right? Well, that's what he fears most is is that his oath stone gets into the hands of someone that will command him to start killing other shard bearers. Mm-hmm. If Elokar, Gavilar, or Sadius find out that Yakaved is harboring, I say in quotations here, uh, harboring mm. Zeth because he's living in Yakaved right now, um, it could mean like full on uh, war. Like they could just invade Yakaved to get to Zeth. So Zeth is not, uh, Zeth wants to keep it on the down low big time. Yeah, he says, how long before he stopped using Zeth to kill minor rivals instead right. of sending him to kill shard bears or powerful light eyes? Right. How long before someone made the connection? A Shin assassin with a shard blade capable of mysterious feats and extreme stealth? Could this be the now infamous assassin in white? Yeah, there's a lot sort of resting on his uh, keeping this under wraps. Um, I just love the the way that he enters into this into this area, and um, he 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 stealthily makes his way toward a door. He's able to to break in, and he he, he comes up with an ingenious little uh, distraction. I love this man. I love it so much. Or, yeah, did you want to take it? It's so no. Cool. Go ahead, this go ahead. Little, it's, it's great. This little, um, so he he's creeping up to the doors, listening. Um, he uses his blade to shear free a wooden knob, uh, from the newel post, and it was about about the size of a small melon. And a few hacks with the blade, he cuts a cloak sized section of drapery from the window, and he he basically creates this, um. A lashing, yeah, but it's it, it's it's kind of like a like a doppelganger. It's like it looks like a person. It's he's what he's done. He's right? he's lashed the doorknob into one direction yeah. and then draped the uh, the the thing over it. So right. it looks like over it. It looks almost like what a Something ghost is would look like. Across. Yeah, like a, a blanket ghost moving would, across the floor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know it's a it's a really neat little tactic. And of course. If there was a guard in there, it would reveal the location of mm-hmm. the guard or whatever. But there's nothing. Right. So yeah. he sends out his his little, his decoy, as he calls it. His decoy, um, no concealed guard struck at it. The decoy yeah. bounced off a latched window and came to rest hanging against the wall. It continued to leak stormlight. Yeah, and it's just sitting there, right? Because it's stuck. It's just sitting there. He lashed it to that opposite wall, so now it's stuck mm-hmm. there. Until it yeah, runs out of Yeah, I just thought that was really cool that, like, just before he enters in, like, he's ready. He's already, you know, he's done the dome. He's got the guards away. He's unlocked the door. He's ready He's ready to go in, and he thinks, no, there could be still yet something right. else. Right, If it were me, if it were me, because he's thinking it through. He's, you know, yeah. it's and why he does he's so good. one extra step. It's why he's so good. Mm-hmm. But not this good. No. This is different, because though, right? What, <laughs> because what he finds what he finds in here is a voice out of the dark out of the shadows equal to his own mm-hmm. and says Zeth son Naturo 
Right. Here it is. This is what we were talking about before. And that's his father's name. And he says, yeah, don't call me by that name. Who are you? Are you satisfied with this, Zeth son Naturo? Um, are you satisfied with trivial crimes, killing over me- meaningless turf in backwater mining villages? Zeth the, um, didn't reply. The, ele- uh, the accent I- is perhaps Alethi. It doesn't sound Vedan. Mm-hmm. Um, he thinks that maybe it might be an Alethi. Mm-hmm. I've watched you. You've been sent to intimidate shopkeepers. You've killed footpads. So unimportant, even the authorities ignore them. You've been shown off to impress whores as they were, as if they were light, high, light-eyed ladies. What a waste. I, I do, do as, as my, my master, master demands. Yeah. Yeah. You are squandered, the voice says. You are not meant for petty extortions and murders. Using you like this, it's like hitching a Rishadium stallion to a run-down market wagon. It's like using a shard blade to slice vegetables. Or like using the finest parchment as kindling for a washwater fire. Hmm. It is a crime. You are a work of art, Zeth, son Naturo, a god. And each day, Makek throws dung at you. Who are you, Zeth repeated? An admirer of the arts. Do not call me by my father's name, Zeth said. He should not be sullied by association with me. We got to we, we, we got to pause there. Yeah, yeah. That right there for me, that is it. <laughs> yeah. You are a work of art, Zeth, son, a god, each day. Who are you? An admirer of the arts. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. love that so much. Yeah, Again, it's awesome. I'm totally geeking out over that. Yeah. I love it so much. That's my, that's my highlight. That, that would have been my, 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 my alternate title. Admirer, the of, the admirer of the arts. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, a work of art it's is pretty, describing. It's Zeth. exactly yeah, that I moment. Mean, that's yeah. That's it, right? So it is describing. Um. Yeah, this is amazing. And then, of course, the item, the item on the table, right, is Gavishaw's head. No. Yes, it is. It's it's Gavishaw's head. Yeah. Yeah. He's like he's already dead. Yeah. He's already dead. Yeah. Someone is ahead of Zeth. Right. This stranger is wearing and, a mask. I just want to point that out. He's wearing like yes. some kind of mask. Stranger is wearing a mask and staying largely in the dark in the shadows. And then um, he says... Um, well, I, Zeth says there is no greatness in killing. Right. This is from Zeth. Yeah, you speak like you a speak, Kukori, yeah. Right. Great men create food and clothing. He who adds is to be revered. I am right. he who takes away. Right, at least, which is what you said before the, about right. how the farmer said it. Right, that's right. About their when they're going on their talk about honoring he who adds. Right, and Zeth says he who takes away. Yeah, right. Um, this uh, from the man who nearly toppled one of the greatest kingdoms in Roshar. That's <laughs> the masked man's perspective, and what I love about this is that's his perspective, and the other perspective comes right after from right from um from Zeth this from the man who committed one of the most heinous slaughters of Rojar right Zeth himself regards what he did as a horrible act right right but he did it the anyways the killing of Gavilar 
I know, but what mm-hmm. what a what a uh, a conflicting position mm-hmm. for for this character, right? To have committed such a horrible crime, killing a king, and yet inside this killer knows it's wrong, right? That is, that's crazy. Um, and then he says, uh, the figure says, "What uh, what you did was a mere breeze compared to the storm of mm. slaughter." Shardbearers wreak on uh, the battlefield each day. And these are breezes compared to the tempest that you are capable of. Yeah, those are breezes compared to the tempest. Yeah. Love that. Um, Zeth begins to walk away and he says, Where are you? I mean, this whole thing, we got to read this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we don't have to read the whole thing, but yeah, no, he no, walks away. Gavishaw is dead. I must return to my master. The, the, the <laughs> masked figure th- throws something onto the floor. Yeah. Head number Your two. former masters. Yeah. The dead eyes wide with shock, and it's Makek, his master. Zeth mm-hmm. asks, how? We took him sec... We. Right. Not I. We yeah. mm-hmm. took him seconds after you left the gambling den. So, like, they were already on Zeth this whole, this whole time. Right. Like... And then he says, we? Servants... Yeah, and servants of your new master. So he's this guy's not stone. saying I'm not, I'm not your master, but we right. are servants of we, your new master. So just because correct. I have your oath stone, because he pulls, he has the oath stone right. on him. He's like, but but he's not saying I'm your master, right? What are your orders? There is a list on the table, mm-hmm. the figure said, closing his hand and hiding the old stone. It details our master's wishes. Right. Again, reaffirming that he's not Zeth's master. Some had a note beside them with instructions on how they were to be killed. Right. Glory is within, Zeth thought. These are some... He, now, this is what he says to the masked uh, man or yeah. person, I should say. Don't know if it's a man or not. These are some of the most powerful people in the world. Six high princes, Asaleh Garantarch, the king of Yakaved. It is time you stopped wasting your talent, the figure said, walking to the far wall, resting his hand upon it. Mm-hmm. This will cause chaos, infighting, war, confusion, and pain such as the world has rarely known. Dude, and then this guy pulls out a soul caster and he makes the wall turn to smoke that's behind him. Yeah. Where have we seen that before? Yeah. Yasna. That's who <laughs> that's where we've seen it. Yasna. We've seen it before with Yasna. Is there a chance this is Yasna? Do you think it is? That's what I was thinking. Well, that's well, what I was thinking. The person's wearing a mask. That's right. So that was my that was my big asterisk. Like dum dum dum. Could this mm-hmm. be? You don't and you uh, don't know when this um this is taking place. I don't. I right? don't know. You don't know when and this I, uh, this I'm, interlude is taking place. It could ta- it could have been taking place. Uh, you know, six months before um Shalon and Yasna end up in Carbranth. We don't have any frame of res- reference for time here. So I don't. I don't know. All I know is that when when I read about the smoke, I thought. Where have I seen that before? Oh yeah, back in Carbranth. 
um, when the soul casting happened with Shalon with 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 Yasna. Right. So um, this will cause chaos, uh, confusion, and pain as the world is rarely known. Indeed, our master directs that you are to use tactics similar to those you employed so well in Alvkar years ago. Right. When you are done, you will receive further instructions. Um, so we've missed actually something earlier in this text that I really wanted to highlight. Okay. Um, and that was in reference to Zeth's danger. Um, do, you, do you remember reading in this uh, a line that basically said something like, um, uh, if they knew the truth about me, it's far, far worse. Oh yeah, that's it. Right, right, right here. Zeth's reputation was inaccurate. Like so many people already fear him mm-hmm. in the town, right? Right. They fear his look. They fear his reputation for being this assassin of Bakex and what have you. And so, so everybody already has this opinion of him here in Bornwater and probably from the previous towns that they were in. Zeth's reputation was inaccurate. He was far, far more dangerous than it suggested. Right. This was on page 551. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Yeah. It's really cool. So much. But getting to the very, very end here with this exchange with the new masked individual, a soul caster. Uh, again, uh, this is amazing. Um, when you were done, you'll receive further instructions. He then, it says he, but still. He then exited through the opening, leaving Zeth horrified. This was his nightmare. Mm-hmm. To be in the hands of those who understood his capabilities and who had the ambition to use them properly. He stood for a time, silent, long past when his stormlight ran out. Then reverently he folded the list. He was surprised that his hands were so steady he should be trembling, for soon the world itself would shake. (laughs) Ah, What a great way to end this interlude. Dude, like when I read that, I'm like... That's amazing. Yeah, it's that's just amazing. Great. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? We gotta, we gotta do that again. You gotta read that. You gotta read that for the podcast. Yeah, I'll read that at the beginning of the. Um, you gotta. The episode. You gotta read that. Then, then reverently, he folded the list. He was surprised that his hands were so steady. He should be trembling, for soon the world itself would shake. Mm-hmm. At the hands of Zeth, yeah. Sun Sun, Valano. Sun Naturo. Yeah, it's pretty great. That'll definitely be my uh, my little blurb dumb, at the beginning. Dumb, dumb. So there you go. That's the interludes. Crazy, crazy. There is a little bit of uh, of um, of uh, info dump. Info dump. Info dump. So the um, the info dump I have here is not much left. Um, the time between the first two moons is the darkest period of the night. The Shin call it the hateful hour, for it was one of the only times the gods did not watch men. Hmm. Um, I didn't get that from this chapter. Hmm. Yeah, huh. it's somewhere in the in the Zeth part. Um, but Is other it? than that, we we covered everything with the the grass and the um, the trees and um, uh, Risen thinks that the um, landscape feels eerie, but it's own it's not eerie. It's actually probably more lush. Um, than what mm. she's used to, and that's probably why it feels eerie to her. Um, yeah, so that's a short info dump. Um, short dump. 
<laughs> it's uh, the interludes are always fun because there is a lot of world building going on. It's um, it's love great to have them. this uh, was those great. Dis- different perspectives. I got a lot more. Of those I can't to wait come. for part three. Mm-hmm. Sean, a pleasure. This was great. Um, and thank so, you, yeah, Brandon, uh, Mr. Sanderson, for writing them, especially Axie's, mm, yeah. my new bro. You're going to bro out with Axie's the collector? I'm going to bro out with, with yeah, with this naked man Axies in prison. Axie's and Jaxie's. Hey. <laughs> Axie's yeah, you guys need to have a, um, a, a buddy's montage where you're, like, eating, <laughs> like, you're both having a milkshake with two straws and, like, you're eating fries together. Axie's and Jaxie's. <laughs> um, I drink your milkshake. Yeah, if uh, um, if anybody wants to support the show, well, let's uh, we might as well do our little housekeeping at the end here. If uh, mm-hmm, anybody mm-hmm. wants to support the show, you can visit us at Patreon.com/slash/HeroesOf. Um, we've just uh, reworked the um, the page, and we got lots of goodies up there, so go check it out. Um, if you want to talk to us or uh, um, you know t- uh, reach out about your likes and dislikes about the show, you can reach us at uh, Heroes of One on Twitter or Heroes of Hakathra on Instagram. Um, you can also uh, join the um, Facebook page called StormPod. Um, that's up and running now too. Um, yeah, I'm uh, super excited to uh, to get to part three. Um, did you see mm-hmm. what it's called? You, did you? Uh, I think you read it last I, week. Okay? I have not. I'm I'm looking right now. Mm-hmm. I see part three, and it's called Dying, mm-hmm. and it features. Kaladin and Shallan. Perfect. So those will be our POVs for for part three. So that means we leave behind Dalinar and Adalyn. It'll only be Kaladin's perspective and Shallan's perspective. And Shallan. Well, I'm not (laughs) liking the fact that it says dying uh, in front of those two characters because I really like both of those characters a lot oh i think actually i think that your copy might be missed so. uh, there might be a missed uh, a typo there because mine says drawing which is weird is it about laundry or drawing oh okay well no it's actually d-y-e um oh uh dying, so they must like, be you know tie tie i think it was tie dying <laughs> They're uh, they're all deadheads. They're all just going to go to watch see the Grateful Dead play and fish. It's and the, stuff? It's the multicolored the... Shinovar. It's the multicolored cloaks. You see, it's the tie dyeing <laughs> the multicolored cloak. We ha- that that's going to be one of our new giveaways. Is there this multicolored Shinovar tie dyed tie dyed Shinovar Shinovar? We're going to write the uh, we're going to write the uh, um, the Shinovar uh, musical <laughs> uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Shard Blade. Um. <laughs> Red and green and orange and yellow and beige and blue and black and green and. All right. Well, uh, I think that's uh, that initiates the end of the show. Um, uh, thanks for coming on, Jack. We'll talk to you next time. Stormpod is brought to you by Heroes of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack J. Phil. Mike and Sean, the heroes of Hakathra. <laughs>